Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today, where are we going, Lucy? Well, we're actually um, not going too far. We're going to Lyon in France, James, which is very welcome because I know you and I are both in London where there's currently sort of a weird thunderstorm (laughs) and then immediately after sunshine. So I think we need to be sipping wine in Lyon and uh, in in some excellent company. Yeah, we need some continental sunshine for sure. sure. It's weird. It's like five minutes of sun, five minutes of rain, five minutes of thunder. Yes, Listener, if you hear some... We apologise. <laughs> you can just get an impression of how grimy a day it is in London today. So brilliant to be heading over to Lyon. Um, yeah, as you say, sipping some wine, yeah. enjoying the sights, being in the south of France. Yeah. Um, and have you ever actually been to Lyon? I haven't. Before? I'm ashamed to say I've not. And and I, I have to say all of France, I don't feel um, particularly well travelled in mm. um, at all. But you, James... I believe your mum was a French teacher, so I feel like you're going to be much more familiar with Leon than I am. My mum was a French teacher. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out Hillary. Um, <laughs> Big uh, up Hillary. <laughs> um, she does listen, actually. Um, but she was a French teacher. And funnily enough, she spent, um, her and my dad spent some time living near Lyon um, ah. uh, in, their twen- in their 20s, before, long before I was born. However, ridiculously, I've never been to Lyon myself. Um, oh. So even though this is a place where I should have been, I actually haven't. Well, uh, but you I, I, need, you, I think once you've listened to this and spoken to our expert, then you need to take Hillary on a trip to relive her 20s. 
Yeah, we need to go down memory lane for sure. There are lots of stories because she was very much in wine country um, and she was working as an English teacher, but she was also taking rugby tours um, uh, around around the region. So acting as an English translator. And um, there's a lot of stories about a lot of drunken 70s stories. Well, Hillary Um, sounds like an absolute legend. Maybe we should get Hillary on the podcast for it. (laughs) Absolutely not. No way. Sorry, Mum, I love you, but um, <laughs> but um, Hitty, yeah. I'll so, hit you so, out, don't worry. <laughs> but but we need to, yeah. We, it'd be great to relive some of that. But I have travelled across the south of France. I did go um, cycling uh, across the Canal Midi last um, last o- October or so, um, and it was brilliant to be back in France. I mm. love the kind of south. It's very mm. very different. Yes. It's, uh, the, the, there's a there's a mixture of cities but also really rural areas lots of you know dusty sun and obviously a load of wine so yeah uh, i think we're going to hear quite a lot of that yes so james tell us who have we got on the podcast this week uh so anna richards is a cornish travel outdoor and sustainability writer based in leon who has written for atlas obscura the independent suitcase the telegraph and many other publications welcome anna hello welcome anna hello it's brilliant to have you on the podcast thank you brilliant to be here welcome anna so we're going to kick off by getting to know anna a bit more and what made anna move to leon followed by hearing all her insider tips and recommendations and then we'll finish off in our usual way by looking at Leon in the present day. So Anna how did you end up living in Leon? Uh, it was it was quite a combination of factors. Um, I think that a lot of it was brought on by a, a kind of pandemic-induced life crisis. Okay, okay, yes, yes. Um, so a, a lot of that was um, was kind of a lot a lot of boredom. Um, I was out of the UK traveling when the pandemic hit, and I think that I was quite oh. resentful about being you know stuck in one place again. Um, I'd also. I lived in France for um, six months in my Erasmus year. I did French at university and spent half the year in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was probably about an hour from Lyon in the middle of the countryside. So my housemate and I used to hitchhike into Lyon every weekend and go out and probably get royally pissed and, you know, do nothing <laughs> cultural whatsoever. But I had a really good time. So <laughs> fond memories of it. Um, and... I, I also lost somebody incredibly close to me over the summer and I, I needed just a huge change of scene. So I ended up just sort of hauling over my entire life, quitting my job and uh, running away to Leon. Um, but yeah, it's been a good decision so far. And <laughs> um, what part specifically of Leon do you live in, Anna? And so how does that, where does that sit in the city exactly? So if you talk to anybody who's from Leon, they will tell you that where I live isn't really even in Lyon, although it's on the metro line, so okay, okay. I firmly maintain that it is. It's um, it's a little place called uh, Vaux-en-Velin La Soie, which um, La Soie basically means silk, and it's the old uh, silk factory quarter, um, oh. which sounds probably cooler than it is. Actually, it's a very modern um, area at the moment, so I don't know. It's kind of a bit like if you think of like Canary Wharf with a few old silk factories dotted around. Um, <laughs> Gotcha. But Leon's like it's it's obviously it's a lot more compact than somewhere like London. So I mean, I get on the metro and within fifteen minutes, I'm right in the city centre or on my bike. It's like. 
20, 25 minutes. So I'd say that qualifies as Leon. But, you know, you speak to anyone who's from here and if they can't get there, you know, five, 10 minutes by foot, it's not the city. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love most about Leon? Uh, what's, what's kind of, since you've moved there, what's really kind of captured your sort of imagination? Well, obviously, you know, getting pissed in Leon is still absolutely delightful. Um, <laughs> but that's probably some of the, something that you can do in a lot of cities around the world. Um, no, I think, I think for me, it's kind of a combination of where Leon's located and how accessible it is. I mean, being, being Cornish, I think that every time I've moved to a city, <laughs> I've kind of liked to almost sort of observe a city from, from the sidelines a little bit. So I love to be able to, you know, dip in and go out and I love, you know, all of the sort of the the great social life that a city can bring and you know um all of the great restaurants and theatres and things like that um but I um I actually seem to have kind of pathological fear of being stuck on the tube or like just boxed into a city too much so the great thing about Leon is that you can cycle everywhere the mm. cycle lanes are mm. absolutely fantastic nowhere is more than half an hour by bike um so you know if you're bad at planning your social calendar like I am you can have you know plans in one part of the city in the morning another part in the <laughs> afternoon and another part in the evening and obviously you can't redo that in London or Paris mm-hmm. um and the other thing is is the location I mean we've got there's a uh, Beaujolais wine region it's half an hour by car the Alps are an hour and a half two hours drive mm. Um, Paris is two hours on the train. Um, you know, the coast yeah. is only sort of two and a half hours by train as well. So it's this really kind of special location where you've got everything on your doorstep and you've got an abundance of, of really cool, really beautiful, you know, outdoor spaces as well. Uh, mm. We haven't even, you didn't even mention food there as well, which I feel like is the thing that Le- Leon's <laughs> most famous for, right? Okay, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. <laughs> Too much <Right>. to say. <laughs> And obviously you're big you're a big sustainability writer do you so I know that you kind of then wanted to focus on settling yourself in in Leon but do you go back to Cornwall much out of interest or, or have you sort of just firmly based yourself in Leon? Um, I have been back a few times and that's mostly because I've hit the age where um, all of my friends get married um, so <laughs> I'm sort of dragged back for wedding after wedding and hen party after hen party and that can be a bit difficult actually because I've, I've sort of told myself that where possible I, I won't fly in yeah. Europe so it's, it's an absolute odyssey by train <laughs> to yeah. go back to Cornwall yes. so yeah you do end up having to you know try to be a bit strategic about it when I'm on the train I'm usually sort of working and typing frantically um so yeah I've, I've been back twice since I moved and I'll be back again in a month or two because more weddings <laughs> but, but, but I guess like you talked about the location a bit and t- um in Leon you really are kind of almost at, like in a dot in the center of Europe in a way yeah um, you know, it must be quite easy. It must make your job as a travel writer that tiny bit easier to uh, to go, um, mm. you know, get the train to other other places rather than having to fly. Yeah, 100%. And it's actually a revelation coming from somewhere like Cornwall as well, where, you know, driving out of Cornwall mm. takes a good hour and a half from where I grew up. And an hour and a half, well, two hours really on the bus from here. And I'm in Switzerland and it costs me four euros to get the bus to Switzerland. Wow. So that's, Whoa. yeah, that, the, the location is an absolute winner. I mean, yeah. Lucy, I think you're sold, right? As, as you always have. <laughs> Anna, I'm coming to stay. <laughs> Welcome anytime. It did not take long. Okay, well, that leads us into like finding out a little bit about the best things to do in Leon. 
So Anna, we're going to start the section off with a quick fire tour of the city. So James and I are going to name a few categories and then you have to suggest one thing to do. So are you ready? ready. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say just before we start that uh, uh, there's been murmurings that we've been a bit soft recently and guests have been, been like naming multiple <laughs> things to do. Uh, we're going to stay soft because it's it's not it's not that kind of podcast really. But yeah, try no. to try to stick where possible to just one thing to do. <laughs> so here we go. So Anna, your favourite thing to see in Leon? Um, I think it's going to have to be the street arts. Um, Leon's wow. got really really unique street art. I mean, there's obviously there's loads of cities in the world that have got you know absolutely cracking street art at the moment, but Leon's is incredibly unique. It's um one thing um that I loved the very first time that I came to Leon, and I my jaw sort of still kind of falls to the ground every time I'm looking at these things. Are uh, these massive wall frescoes um which are called uh, trompeloi, which is literally it's like it's like an optical illusion. It's like an eye tracker. Um, and basically, it's the walls of buildings that have been painted to look like um, a street scene, but it's usually something to do with like with Leon's history or like sort of the history of that that particular area. So you've got a massive one in the old silk weaving district, um, which um, has basically yeah, it, it's it's just got this sort of this huge building that's painted like a street scene, and until you come up really close, you wouldn't even know that it was it was just paint and then there's other ones that have got kind of you'd look at it and you'd be like that street looks a bit funny and it's because as you come up closer it's um it's been the building's been painted to look like a scene from say the 1800s with the famous old um you know people that used to live in leon um and i think I, I, I can't even hazard a guess how many there are in Leon at the moment. I want to say that there's a good sort of 80 to 100 dotted around the city in different mm. places. Um, wow, but yeah, I, they're, they're really cool. <laughs> I, I've just I've just done a quick Google search just to look at some of these. And they're, and they're fantastic. It's quite amazing, actually. Like, really, like, yeah, I would be quite stuck if I didn't know these were not like, I'd, I'd just assume they were photographs, I guess. Yeah, they're really detailed. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the, the street art in the end, I mean, you've also got just, you've got painted staircases and stuff that kind of, they, they make you think of what, like Lapa and Rio or something, where you're just kind of going around the mm. corner and then you've got this brightly coloured painted staircase. And yeah, so the street art is really cool. So that's something that I always, always like to show people when they come to visit. Cool. Great that, that is That is a brilliant, brilliant answer. Okay. So next up, uh, your favourite thing to drink. It has to be wine. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm in ask, ask, ask a silly question. That is um, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the home of uh, Côte d'Orne. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of great wines here. Beaujolais, I think I said earlier, is a half an hour drive away. Um, and there's an amazing bar that I go to far too frequently, um, where they've actually got <laughs> loads of different wines on tap. Um, and basically you're encouraged to mix your drinks, which is quite <laughs> novel. Oh. And they have this, this wine menu where, um, they put kind of a little picture next to each type of wine, like, I don't know, chocolate. Um, I was going to say grapes, but that would be stupid because obviously all wine is great, <laughs> like apricot, strawberry, whatever. So you'll just kind of point at the different wine taps and you'll say yeah okay let's try mixing chocolate and strawberry notes and they blend these wines which are almost entirely French a lot from the area and you just you just taste a load of of different ones basically so yeah wine 
Have you got? Wow. I mean, I'm going to ask a follow up question. Have you got a favorite combination? Um, I, I mean, I've tried many, many combinations. Perhaps, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't have a favourite yet. So that's just just a reason for me to go back again, I guess. And yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Anna, your favourite, your favourite thing to eat, and if you want, you can name a specific place as well that you would eat that thing at. Hmm. Again, I think I'm going to be really sort of um, really unimaginative here and it's going to be uh, it's going to be cheese, but I will be specific about the type of cheese as okay, well. Okay, okay. Um, there's um, there's a cheese that's actually from Lyon that's called Arôme de Lyon and it's like it's rolled in kind of dry grape skins, um, but then it's really kind of like pungent and also creamy at the same time and mm. you can go down to this enormous market um called Quesin Antoine which um is on it's definitely on on Sundays I think it might be on on Fridays and Saturdays as well but it's usually only a Sunday that I make it there um and you can get this yeah this cheese Arôme de Lyon it's about I think it's about two euros of cheese and I easily eat it in one set in one sitting but it's really really good <laughs> I mean that's very happy sounds sounds perfect and um your favorite (laughs) day activity so something like if you'd spend a perfect day what would it be doing uh am i do i have do i have people visiting me or is this just kind of my Mm. my day activity just uh, it's your it's your (laughs) day it's it's your day it depends what you're yeah yeah it's all it's all it's all yours um I mm, I really like this. There's an amazing swimming pool here, and it's got the most fantastic view. So I'd say that, that that's something that I'll quite often do on a on a really nice day. It's right by the banks of the river, so as you're swimming along, you can see the massive the, the cathedral, the big old basilica, Fourvia, right on the top of the hill. Um, and that's yeah, I, I just think it's really special to be able to sort of just go swimming literally on the banks of the river and see one of the most impressive yeah. sights in the city tearing up over you and particularly nice in the winter as it's getting dark and the cathedral's just all kind of lit up above the pool oh yeah that sounds incredible yeah that sounds really nice great answer and then finally anna your favorite museum or gallery i mean the beaux-arts is very impressive it's a gorgeous big old building um it's got a really cool sculpture section um i think it's partly like the yeah partly the building itself that i love um and it's also got the most incredible kind of walled garden in the middle in the inside so after you've gone around all of the kind of all of all of the the sculptures and paintings and temporary exhibitions um you can go out into this this really gorgeous walled garden which is in the middle of the city but it's an absolute oasis so yeah probably the bazaar but there's a lot of good museums and galleries in Lyon. And that's the end of the quickfire round. You've done a fantastic job of keeping. You kept to one answer every single time. That's. Uh, but I, I did want a little bit. I almost think that's the first. No, you were brilliant. And uh, so, so you've given our listeners your quickfire sort of guide to the city. But imagine you're going back to Cornwall. You're on one of your hendies, and someone goes, "I don't actually know anything about Leon. Tell me about it. How would you kind of introduce it? What what? How would you sell it to them?" Mm. Uh, better than Paris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a big claim. That's a big claim. <laughs> 
Um, how how would I say it? So I I think the thing that I I always say to people about Leon is um, it's it's visual, visually it's it's really gorgeous. Um, basically. You've got you've got two rivers that kind of merge in the city centre. So when you climb up to to Forvia, which is the cathedral up the top of the hill, and you look down on the city, you can see that the city centre is um, it's almost like an, an island. It's called Presquil as well. Mm. And I think that's quite special mm. and unique. Like there's not a lot of cities that have sort of these two kind of massive rivers, and that tends to be the prettiest part of the city. So it's kind of like Leon's got double that um other than that i would say um it's a just it's a great foodie city and you know my friends like me mostly tend to travel guided by their stomachs um, <laughs> we, we do on this podcast quite a lot okay <laughs> yeah. fantastic yeah i mean leon is often described as the gastronomic capital of france and uh, yeah it just means that you've, you've got this incredible array of restaurants, markets, uh, wine bars. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like the food and drink alone would, would attract a lot of people to come here. And with the food and drink then, is it sort of mainly fine dining or is it then sort of, you know, is there like street food? Is it more affordable? Like what it what is the food scene like would you say Anna? there's a lot of everything i guess as there kind of is in in any big city i mean there are some incredibly high-end restaurants so paul bocuse the um the really mm. famous french chef he um mm. he was based in leon um he, there's a few of his restaurants uh dotted around kind of from the really really high-end i think it's only two michelin star now because there was some like great uproar about it losing one of one of its three stars um paul bocuse <laughs> restaurant um and then yeah some slightly um kind of slightly lower level Paul Bacuse restaurants as well so I mean okay. you can yeah you you can really splash out on meals in Lyon mm. um but then you can also eat out really really affordably as well I mean there's there's massive markets um you've got street food joints there's a little place called La Commune, which has, um, which has opened over in, over in kind of Lyon's, um, in sort of eastern Lyon. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of Borough Market. And that's okay, cool. kind of where I go uh, when, which very rarely happens, but when I do get a little bit sick of, you know, just kind of like an overload of cheese and kind of like that <laughs> sort of traditional French cuisine, you can go to La Commune and then you've got, you've got things like, you know, you've got Sri Lankan, um, you've got Bao, you've got sort of kind of a whole kind of range of world cuisines there. Um, the traditional Lyonnaise restaurants are called Bouchons, um, mm-hmm. which no one kind of knows whether a bouchon can basically be, it can be like a cork that goes in the bo- uh, in the top of um, a wine bottle mm-hmm. or it can be a traffic jam. Um, <laughs> no one really knows whether the bouchons are named after the traffic jams or the wine corks because Leon did used to have really, really bad traffic. Um, but oh. they're the kind of traditional Lyonnaise restaurants. They're very meat heavy. I don't eat meat, so they're not so much my thing and they're also kind of a, a lot of offal so mm. um yeah. yeah kind of tripe um pig liver things like that um sure. they're yeah they're, they're fun as kind of one-off experience they're not somewhere that obviously is a vegetarian I go very often because <laughs> um the offerings are a little limited for me um but yeah that's something that Leon's very known for as well 
so yeah quite an array really of uh of, of restaurant options because i always think of Leon, when i think of leon with food i think of it as being yeah the port Bacou's like traditional french kind of foodie capital lots of traditional french cuisine but it's really interesting to hear that there's there's way more than that and uh and actually that there's options for vegetarians around <laughs> as well i know that can be quite tricky yeah. in the south of france <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, obviously Lyon being sort of really, a, a really massive city. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Green Party's in power in Lyon as well. So maybe that's kind of given, <laughs> given like, the sort of like the veggie dining scene a big boost. But no, I, I eat very well as a veggie in Lyon. No, it's, it's great to hear. It's great to hear. Um, and are there any like sort of hidden gems in Lyon that you'd be willing to share with us? Many. And to be fair, I think all I do for, for work is share hidden gems in Leon. So <laughs> I'm probably, probably really annoying everybody, um, everybody that, um, that lives here. Um, I mean, I think that um, Leon's Leon's bookshop scene is incredibly good. There's a lot of really good bookshop cafes. And um, one day I did just kind of like my, my own little tour of just going around to all of the different bookshop cafes in the city. And uh, there's so many. They're absolutely fantastic. I'd say it was it was it was a really good way of spending a day. Um, so you, there's, there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of hidden places in the Tribbles, which are the old covered passageways in Leon. Mm. Um, and one of them's got kind of like, um, a really gourmet food court in it. And I, I wouldn't say it's like massively, massively unknown and under the radar, but it's definitely something that I didn't discover for a little while when I first got to Leon. Um, so it's called Food Tribune, um, and yeah, you can eat incredibly well, <laughs> kind of in the old cover passageways. Um, the other thing I'd say is, uh, Leon's actually got a really good craft beer scene, like it's really well known mm. for wine, but, um, there's a lot of great craft breweries popping up. There's, um, one that's just opened called Brasserie de Montchat, um, which does fantastic craft beer which is virtually as strong as wine as well. But they've got, yeah, really cute little beer garden. You kind of, yeah, you, you see sort of them making everything there on site. Um, so, yeah, I guess one of the hidden gems is obviously go to Leon for the wine because it's fantastic. But, um, yeah, make, make sure you go to some of the breweries as well. Stay for really a good. beer. Cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And then when we've gorged ourselves and we've um, drank. drank all the wine and all the beer... Where would we go, Anna, sort of outside of Leon? What else is sort of around if we wanted to head out of the city? Uh, well, the problem is the first bit you get to is the wine region. So, you know, you're going to <laughs> yourself and drink all the wine and drink all the beer and then you're going to sort of wind up in Beaujolais, um, <laughs> which is obviously, you know, vineyards galore, um, <laughs> but really gorgeous, so really worth a look. <laughs> Um, I would, I, I, I'd probably recommend going to the national parks that are just on the edge of the Alps. I mean, it depends enormously what time of year you're visiting Leon. Um, you know, if you're coming in the middle of winter, then it's probably worth sort of actually going, you know, kind of right up into the Alps and going, you know, skiing or snowshoeing or whatever. Um, but there's some really, really gorgeous, um, national parks very close to Lyon um two that I really like one's called Chartres uh, and one's called Vercors mm. um and yeah it's been it's great at any time of year because you can ski in either of them they're not going to be you know the most amazing piece you've ever skied in your life but you can ski there the summer hiking's really good Chartres um has got this crazy um old, enormous old monastery 
where, and I'm returning to booze again here, which is a bit of a theme, but you've, you've probably heard of <laughs> Chartreuse. I mean, it's France. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what did we expect? Um, <laughs> the Chartreuse, um, the um, liquor is kind of, it's this bright green, lethal um, liquor that's used as a kind of digestif. And it's uh, brewed by monks in this monastery in the heart of the National Park. And I think, wow. um, I, th- I think from, from what I've read, there's only two monks uh, in the world that know how to brew chartreuse. And they just have this secret little recipe um, that then gets sold all over the country. And I think in other countries too. Um, wow. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> as a side note, my grandma... Um, her her Christmas digestive was also was always chartreuse. <laughs> it's it's a very vibrant green. Yeah, is it yeah, like wicked very, witch of very, the west kind of green. It's that's like... <laughs> right. It's, that's exactly it, isn't it? That proper um, yeah, wicked green. Um, so it, yeah, you just made, made me think. I hadn't thought about it in years, but yeah, she'd always have a little as a digestive, and it was it's strong. I think I once tasted it when I was like thirteen. And was like grandma. This I was going to say, how lethal is it? Is it? It's very potent, yeah. So it's it's used as a digestif, and you know I, I think that's just because if you've overeaten, you'll have sort of a, a shot of that, and <laughs> you won't remember what you've eaten, so you'll feel better. Um, you'll yeah, you'll be absolutely fine with the meal, <laughs> whatever you have. <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, um, yeah, thanks for kind of giving us that whistle stop tour of Leon. Uh, we and the surrounding areas too. Uh, we're now going to move on to just talking a little bit about the present and the future of Leon. Whether you want to visit fairy tale chateau, stroll amongst rolling fields of blossoming lavender, or learn about what makes a noble vintage, our decal witness France travel guide will make sure you experience all that France has to offer. Our newly updated guide brings the country to life, transporting you there like no other travel guide does, with expert-led insights, trusted travel advice, and detailed breakdowns of the must-see sites. Find it in all good bookshops or via the link in our episode bio. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. So Anna, tell us, um, obviously we're, we're sort of coming out of a pandemic or we're in the midst of a pandemic, but everyone's acting like there is no pandemic. How has Leon changed in recent times? Um, so I suppose it's a little bit difficult for me to say. So, I mean, the first time that I, I went to Leon was kind of nine years ago. So I did, I did kind of know it in a pre-pandemic world, but I only moved here um nine months ago so I I wasn't in Lyon for kind of the first two lockdowns we did have I would say it was a very kind of light lockdown um around about Christmas time um when the borders between France and the UK were closed Mm -hmm. um and um I'd say the French were a lot kind of a lot hotter on mask wearing 
Um, but mm. at the same time, uh, the French are known for being uh, pretty big on their protests. And I think that by the time kind of a third lockdown came around, <laughs> nobody was really having any of it. And all rules got scrapped in Lyon probably about a month ago when the elections happened um, with all the candidates just trying to mm. boost their popularity. So it's difficult for me to say if if anything's kind of changed permanently in Lyon as as a result of the pandemic um because obviously I wasn't I wasn't living here b- before the pandemic I get the impression that probably not I think that everything's kind of returned to to, to the way it always was I mean there's a massive music festival happening this weekend mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, it seems yeah everything seems to have kind of returned returned to normal I guess how is it for you in terms of actually moving to a whole new city like it's inside the pandemic in a way um uh, i know it's not necessarily a new city for you but um you know that must have been quite quite strange and and were you do you feel like you were welcome with open arms a bit or uh yeah so i suppose um when I moved in September, I really optimistically thought, okay, well, it's all done. <laughs> um, yeah. France isn't that far. There'll be no more lockdowns. And um, I was actually back in the UK sorting my visa when uh, France closed the border um, to all Brits. Oh. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was a little bit panicky because I'd, you know, I'd left everything in France, my car, my bike, all of my belongings. <laughs> you know, I just started to establish my mm. life there. And then I really panicked that I was going to get stuck but actually it was it was just a case of spending far too much money on um a million and one covid tests and probably getting everyone rubbish mm-hmm. christmas presents as a result um <laughs> so um yeah i mean it 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 was it was a funny time to move and i i think that i obviously naively thought that you know everything was just kind of kind of going back to normal um i i think i i was welcomed with with open arms I think that the thing is because everyone's been everyone's been so stuck for such a long time um and we've probably Mm. just had you know kind of a lot less to talk about and our social circles have probably been really narrowed and stuff that I feel like everything everything's kind of new and exciting so I was really excited to meet a bunch of new people um I hope they were excited to meet me (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure sure they were I'm sure they were of course they were (laughs) fingers crossed and then as kind of the borders started opening again um I found I had a lot a lot of people really keen to to come out and visit as well you know it became almost a bit of a timetabling job like when people were going to come out because (laughs) you know it got sort of really exciting like oh we have a friend that you know doesn't live in London or in Cornwall like this is great let's go um but yeah it's 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 been very welcoming definitely it's brilliant to hear that your friends are getting out and visiting you and stuff as well and and have you actually seen like uh the visitor numbers like picking up in the city over the last couple of weeks um the time that i really noticed the visitor numbers going up was uh when uh when the borders with the uk opened again which i think was in about like march time Mm. um on the ski slopes um oh, of so, course. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so i um we've been going out this little like bus trips that, that go out from leon for a day just to take you out to kind of a ne- nearby ski resort and you get up at stupid o'clock and uh you go and ski for the day and then you roll onto the bus back to leon in the evening and um to start off with you would not hear a word of english spoken um everyone knew how to ski really well and i only started learning this year so I felt like an absolute <laughs> idiot just tumbling over my skis the whole time. Um, and yeah, they, it was quite quiet. 
And literally instantly, as soon as the borders opened, I remember going on one of these little ski bus trips out from um, out to I think it it was it was somewhere that's like fairly popular with Brits as well. And all of a sudden, I was in the ski lift and I didn't hear a word of French spoken. It was just you know it was like being in like mini London. And then you got onto the slopes and you know I saw like a load of people that had clearly never skied before, like tumbling over their skis and everything. And um, I felt a bit of solidarity as well. It was quite nice to see a few other people who didn't really know what they were doing but at the same time it was it was really strange um going somewhere that's so close to where I live and just hearing British accents yeah Yeah, I I can totally see that (laughs) um so if you you, uh um so for those people who are kind of keen to go back to Lyon to actually go visit when is the best time to visit is it the ski season or you know is there a lot to look forward to over the summer too um, I mean, being sort of being a massive city that's so close to a lot of different areas, you can definitely go at any time of year. Um, but for being actually in Leon sort of city centre, I'd probably say spring or autumn, actually, because the seasons are fairly extreme here. Um, so winter was absolutely icy um the summer i mean apparently it gets it frequently gets up to about 40 degrees and already like late may um we're regularly kind of into the early 30s and then there'll be you know like a massive storm and it's still pretty hot at night so to avoid temperature extremes yeah spring and autumn are really good um but then there's quite a lot of like of cool festivals that you can go to mm. in the summer. So summer's definitely really good from kind of like the live music perspective. But then again, in the winter, you've got a really amazing lights festival called Fête des Lumières, um, mm. which I think is one of the largest, if not the largest in Europe, where basically you have like you have several days of enormous great lights installations and shows and, you know, mold wine stands in the street and live music and everything. And that's at the start of December. And that's a lot of good fun. Mm. Yeah really good fun that sounds i have heard of that before it does does sound really yeah quite immersive um and yeah i think on the music festival side it's a quite a famous jazz festival in leon yeah yeah there is so that one is i i believe that's at Forvia. there's so many festivals happening this summer it's difficult to keep track of (laughs) the really big ones there's definitely a famous jazz festival and i think that's up at Forvia and the old kind of roman amphitheater up on the hill um Mm-hmm. And then you've also got this weekend's Nuit Sonore, which is a huge electro festival. And Nuit de Fourvier goes on for about a month. And that's kind of a whole variety of different types of music. But again, all right up on the hill, kind of in the old amphitheatre, um, which is by Fourvier. Um, and there's probably lots of music festivals that I don't even know about yet that are happening. <laughs> it seems to be like a continual, a continual run of them. I love the idea of a festival in an amphitheatre. That sounds... Sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> but all that all that sounds sounds amazing, Anna. Uh, thank you so much for joining us to take us through kind of how Leon is at, the pre- at present. Um, you know, the uh, some of the best things to do as well. It's been a joy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic to be on the podcast. So a huge, huge thank you to Anna. That was fantastic. It was, uh, it was. It was such a lovely whistle-stop tour. I felt like she really ticked so many boxes for I us. I know, yeah. Like it was, um, I, I don't 
think I've ever known a guest to be so efficient with their recommendations as well. I can't, <laughs> but I still, I'm still getting over the fact that she did, she got the just one thing round with only mentioning <laughs> one thing. Yeah. For shame of a guest. I'm joking. Top I'm marks, joking. Anna. We love you. Um, but uh, yeah, full marks, Anna, for sure. Uh, so you can find, uh, if you want to follow Anna's activities, her life and her new life in Leon, uh, you can um, follow her on Twitter at Anna Richards. Um, and yeah, so where are we going next, Lucy? Oh, I'm really, really looking forward to the next episode. So we're actually going to Dubai um, in the company of Hayley Alexander, who's going to give us a different perspective of Dubai. Mm. Um, so it should be a really interesting episode, I think. Yeah. I think I think she's going to bust some myths about Dubai. Yeah, yeah, because I think, um, you know, everyone thinks of Dubai, thinks of, you know, the super rich, thinks of, you mm. know, uh, extravagant versions of wealth, whereas actually there are many, many people who live, work in the city, who... Who visit yeah. as well, and actually, I, I know Haley's uh, written before about lots of the different side of Dubai, how what you can actually see there, the kind of melting pot that it is. So that's it. And, and like Anna, she's hugely passionate about the city that she lives in. So she's going to be a brilliant guest. Yes. Well, you can join us in a fortnight, listener, to hear all of Haley's recommendations. But otherwise, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you, and we shall see you very soon. Where to Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Pocket Recording. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcast. Your support means so much to us. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.